0: Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Gaze, and you're listening to the Left Coast Pirates. Seconds to go. Down by two. Here's Whitehead guarded by Ochefu. Gets the step into the lane. Goes to the bucket. Layup rolls around it in and a foul. Whitehead ties the game. Pound from Triton. What Triton makes the world
1: takes. From just west of the Ward Place Gate in San Diego, California, he is mike desiri class of 2001 i am tom kaharski class of 1997 and we are left coast pirates welcome to this week's edition of left coast pirates it is april 11th 2021 oh my goodness i gotta get my taxes done mike what are we doing
0: here You you did not bring up your taxes, stop it. (laughs) My mind will file back in February. Don't get get me started. All right. I thought this was vacation, Mike. What are we doing? No, this this is the best part of the year. You get to interview some of the ex-ball players when we get into the summer series. But this is one of my favorite episodes that we get to do over the summertime. We start diving into recruiting. But I'm going to pull it back for a second. I'm a little disappointed. And it has nothing to do with all the guys that Seton Hall just brought in. My excitement that is normally geared up around this episode is about talking about the unknown, you know, asking Pat and CJ about, here's a guy on Seton Hall's radar. Tell me about him. Can we get him? Tom, we already got everybody.
1: It's what the crazy. heck's been going on in the last two weeks, right? Oh my goodness. We've been pulling guys left and right. And everything's has been this big surprise. And that's why we're bringing in Pat Lawless and CJ. Nomile, the guys behind the front office to talk about it.
0: It, it you know, and it's just, it's a different environment now and today. In college basketball, you have the transfer portal. You have the extra year of eligibility for a senior to come back and not count against the scholarship count. You have the incoming class that was already committed. It's, it's just a whole new dynamic. You know, welcome to COVID still having a hangover for the 21-22 season. It, it's it's just a different world in college basketball. I don't know what the number is up to right now, but just the other week, it was at 1,200 players in the transfer portal. The greatest number Uh, So far since that's been in existence, it's only going to get bigger. And it's scary to see that some rosters actually have anywhere from six to eight guys that have entered the transfer portal. I mean, teams are going to actually have a complete facelift when they step on the court the next season and Seton Hall's not in that same boat, but you have miles Kale coming back. Now that was just recently announced. You got three incoming freshmen. You have three new transfers. That's a lot of new pieces. That's a lot of new pieces. And some of the pieces that are coming back, a guy like Trey Jackson did not step on the court for Seton Hall that much last year, or a guy like Tyree Samuels did not get the minutes that we expected. I hate to say it, outside of a Jared Roden, it's a brand new roster, basically.
1: Well, you know, Mike, with the transfer portal, I mean, this should have been expected with the new rules going into effect this year where guys can transfer once with no year sit out This was going to happen. Eventually, it's going to settle down. Coaches are going to figure out a way to make sure guys are happier. But this shows there's been a lot of players over the years that have been in unhappy situations and they want to go, and good for them. I mean, how come a coach can leave from one situation to the next? How come... People can transfer from one school to the next outside of athletics. People can quit jobs. But no, these kids have to be punished by sitting out of here. It's silly.
0: No, I I agree. And I also think that this is a very unique year, once again, going back to COVID. You're a freshman. You go to this environment. It's not the environment you thought it was going to be. Why? Because... Look, the football environment was not the way it was supposed to be. That's a big lure for campus life and atmosphere. And football was not played to the extent that we expected. You didn't have students on campus year round. There was a lot of virtual learning. Some kids go far away and travel to go to school. So you have this first year experience that is nothing like the traditional college experience. You have the COVID cloud hanging over everything. And maybe you just didn't have a positive you know, perspective of how it all went down. Guess what? you get a complete redo. The year doesn't count against your eligibility and you can immediately transfer and not have to sit out. So I'm with you. The transfer portal of all the years is probably going to be at its maximum peak of all these disgruntled guys getting the free year without sitting out and all those freshmen that feel like they made a mistake getting an absolute do-over. So I, I think it will come back we'll start seeing some normalcy, but to ignore the fact that the transfer portal is an intricate component of how you need to recruit. Now shame on you because you got to have your eggs in multiple baskets. It can't just be guys out of high school anymore. You got to have success in the transfer portal.
1: And shame on you. If you expected 17 and 18 year olds to know what the heck they want to do for the next four years of their life. But with that being said, let's bring in the guys from the front office they are two of the co-hosts of the front office please welcome back to left coast pirates pat lawless and cj nobile guys how are you this morning
2: doing great thanks for having us on
1: oh man you guys it's been about a year since we've had you on and wow, wow you guys have just been killing it I mean some of the recent Thank visits you. you guys have been doing you've had Colin Gillespie on you had Jimmer for Dead. I know that's going to make Mike smile and you had John Rothstein now be careful CJ he's going to make a t-shirt out of you but Seton Hall <laughs> fans will be in a lot more interested in seeing you guys talk to Coach Willard the Harris brothers and this great class that we're pulling in this year so tell me how's the show been going has it been as exciting doing it as it's been watching
3: it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun man uh i think you know march madness made it a lot a lot of fun we 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 decided to do a march series where we kind of talked to some of the you know more nostalgic names uh of our childhood you know adulthood whatever so talk to guys like jimmer Fredette, talked talk to guys like john rostein um been doing some recruiting stuff so yeah man it's, it's been a blast we're just uh we're
2: just keeping it rolling you know, so Jimmer lives in China, so we were doing it at 8 in the morning, so I was, like, you know, signed on before work doing this. And, like, first of all, when he comes on, the dude's jawline just talks to you alone. I mean, he's such an <laughs> alpha. And, like, you just feel, like, inferior to him right away. And I'm like, but he was so cool. He's, like, such a nice guy. I'm like, that was, like, honestly, because, you know, that's nostalgic part. When Jimmer forget, I mean, when you throw, you know, a piece of paper in a garbage can, you're yelling Jimmer or Kobe, one of the two. So, I mean, it's just, that was unbelievable, you know. Like, I was, like, starstruck. So that was awesome.
0: Should I say it, Tommy? We were talking about before the show got started. You know, these guys are getting such big guests that they're getting on the the YouTube channel and they're getting all dressed up. I know we only put out an audio version, but CJ comes and you know, his hair's a mess. Looks like he just rolled out of bed. I mean, show LCP some respect here. We were first on the scene, guys. Come on, give us some respect here. You know
2: I love LCP, but the goatee's not going anywhere. If my grandma, my old school Italian grandma says shave, it's still not going anywhere. (laughs) He needs to
3: shave, it. Going I'm gonna. There, right? I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. That needs to come off like tomorrow. It's not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> uh, as much as I could do this banter all day, the, the people listening don't want to hear it. So let, let's get into some uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, but before we dive into the actual recruiting in terms of new players and who else might be kind of joining the pirates on the horizon, I want to go back and talk about a real hot topic that really carried the story throughout much mm. of the season. You know, obviously, the entire year, all you heard about. Was the missed opportunity for Posh Alexander to potentially be a pirate? And CJ, we're going to put you on the spot here. You know, when you come on the yeah. show and you give us a soundbite, we're going to we're going to keep that in the archives and we're going to play it back if you said <laughs> something. All right. So here's your take on Posh Alexander last summer when we were talking about breaking down the rankings between like Jahari Long. Okay. And Posh.
2: I know people aren't going to want to hear this. Posh Alexander going to St. John's. He's like 205 in the rankings. I've seen him play four times. He's a top 100 kid. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Wow. All I'm right. going to pat myself on the back real quick. I, 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 Good Good
0: I, I, I could have thrown you into the bus with a bunch of other clips, but you were spot on with that <laughs> take, man. You were spot on. I mean, but the biggest question that has been thrown out there is, was this a misevaluation by the staff or is there more behind the scenes that we're just never going to know about?
2: To be honest, I'm not sure, you know, that I'm sure that a lot of stuff happens to be on closed door. Like, you know, I, I'm not sure how they prioritize Jahari Posh, but I think – what Posh did this year, to be completely honest, I'm not trying to sound arrogant by this. I'm not surprised at all, honestly. He was built in a lab to play Mike Anderson system. You're going to full court press all game. You're going to get the ball and run. Like, that is exactly what he did at OSL. He's going to thrive there for four, maybe five years with the COVID thing. He's an unbelievable talent. He's going to be a two, three-time Big East, you know, all Big East player. He is phenomenal. And I, I think, honestly, he's going to make St. John's appealing for City kids. You know, not that c all fans want to hear that, but I think City kids are going to be like, wow, Dylan Wusu and Pasha Alexander are absolutely crushing it there. They're playing is freshman. Like, why? St. John's is cool. Mike Anderson's a cool coach. Like, why wouldn't I want to play there? I,
0: I think he was also given a longer leash. Like, in Willard's system, I'm not sure if some of his, uh, yeah. you know, out-of-control play might have been tolerated. Anderson's like, right. let it go, right? In other words, he had some growing pains early on, and then he had right. some risk versus reward type efforts where you're like, wow, this kid's got a ceiling. And we saw that with the, the accolades that he got in the awards at the end of the season.
2: I think personally, I could be completely wrong in this. I think Anderson went into this year saying, okay, we got a good class. This is going to be a rebuilding year. And they shocked him with how good they were right away. And they were, you know, on the bubble for an NCAA tournament. And I think Champagne will come back. I don't know. I don't know what feedback we'll get from the NBA. But if those three come back, Wusu, Pasha, I know a lot of the guys transferred, but that's a power three. That's a good three. So we'll see what happens.
1: Well, outside of CJ playing Nostradamus, we talked about some of the reasons kids chose certain schools over others. And Pat, you really kind of cut to the chase with your opinion here. No kid
3: wants to say in an interview playing time. Like no one wants to say that. Everyone's, oh, I want to work for my minutes or whatever. But at the end of the day, kids want playing time. Just what (laughs) it is. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
1: Well, with that in mind, you know, at one point last summer, it appeared that Seton Hall was in the driver's seat to land Adama Sanogo, but he ultimately chose to go to UConn late in the process, which kind of adds insult to injury, to be honest. You know, right. do you believe that playing time was the key driver in his final decision?
3: I think it was just the the, the fit at UConn won, but uh, I think also, I think what, uh, what Danny Hurley and Kamani Young and those guys uh, is... Uh, it's they have a they have a, like a real sexy sell to them with 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 guys like James Booknight and uh, and the team they're building around it. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And yeah, I think you know providing an opportunity to play right away, like in a significant amount, um, you know definitely helped. But I think UConn's uh, it, it's pretty easy to sell right now. You know, Coach Hurley speaks for himself. You know, he's a very very talented and a coach with X's and O's and recruiting. But uh, he's also bringing guys that are developing into pros now, so I think you know you have that uh, you have that to sell as well. So I think that played a played a factor as well.
0: Well, I'm going to take issue with that comment then, Pat, because Willard's all about his development. That's been some of the things that he's gotten a lot of praise for. His individual one on one, what he did with Miles Powell, you know, and then people said that Willard wouldn't promise him the starters' minutes. If you look back at the numbers, he started 20 to 23 games but only averaged 17 minutes per game. And it didn't take until the back end of the season, like those last four games before the NCAA tournament in which Sonogo averaged 13 and almost seven boards a game. And he looked locked in against us. You're telling me Seton Hall couldn't have found some way to make that work in terms of the minutes or the opportunity for exposure. I think they could have. No, I think he, I think,
3: and I think he would have played. Um, I think it was just one of those things where, yeah, like UConn just ended up being he thought, right. a, a, A better opportunity. Uh, to develop. But from the outside in, yeah, do I see tremendous difference between going to Scene Hall or UConn? I, I I don't, right? Because I think we know that, like you said, you pointed out, like Scene Hall is capable of developing. But I think UConn is now, you know, uh it's become another option, a local option of like, hey, you can also come here and uh and develop your game and become something, right? They're they're developing pros now. So I think yeah, he just, you know, from his opinion, he thought it was just, he thought it was UConn, but I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a tremendous difference between, between UConn and, and, and Seen Hall's development.
0: All right. Uh, let, let's stick with this past off season a little bit further. So Willard took the bird in the hand approach with some of the low, lower profile recruits. And to this point, it just unfortunately hasn't panned out. You got yeah. Dominguez Stevens already in the the transfer portal, Jeff and Gondu ran into some visa issues in Canada and, you know, Jahari Long struggled to adjust to the speed of D one play. So for obvious reasons, the fans are excited to see this incoming freshman class, which is highlighted by top 100 recruit Brandon Weston, the Mm -hmm. first to do so since Miles Kale all the way back in 2017. But with the hype, sometimes comes unfair expectations. Mm -hmm. Tell the fans a little bit about what they should expect to potentially see from Weston, Conway, and Tyler Powell. I think
2: just you have to be patient. You have to be patient with freshmen, especially, I mean, the transition from playing, you know, high school ball to coming in and playing the big East. It's just such a transition, Brandon Weston, Ryan Conway, you know, Tyler Pell, all going to be great players for scene hall, but you have to be patient. And luckily enough, like I think there's going to be a perfect equilibrium now with these uh, grad transfer, not, you know, the transfers that they will be thrown into the fire, but they will, they'll be growing pains, but they won't have to play 35 minutes a game, you know, Conway will have the luxury of playing fifty minutes a game learning. Now that Jameer Harris is here. Now that Kedari Richmond's here, you know what I mean? I think, I, I think they're going to have a lot of room to grow, but I don't think they'll be thrown into the fire 33 minutes a game right out the gate. But I think we have to be very patient with it. I mean, you know, we know Willard has kind of a short leash for freshman. There's nothing, I, I understand it, but I think we have to be very patient. Yeah. I think Brandon
3: Weston, you know, and, in- Talking to the staff a little bit, I think they're they're really excited about Weston, like very excited, and I think that he's going to play a decent role. Do I think that you know, like CJ uh, said, I think uh, seeing all fans need to blow the expe- expectations a, a little bit in terms of how much of an impact he'll make right away. I think right. he's very talented, and I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's a little rough around the edges with his skill set. You know, needs to refine that a little bit, but when he does that kid's got a lot of potential and i'm talking pro potential like he's he's very very talented um and and from what everything i hear i think the staff's really really excited about him conway more of a, a four-year solid type you know a uh, solid like point guard type good shooter i um, gonna gonna produce at a consistent rate um throughout his tenure there and pals uh you know a, a guy that can really bring it defensively he's gonna make those plays that a lot of players that players don't want to make, right? A lot of those hustle plays on both ends. So um, a solid class. I think I think Xena Hall fans should be pretty pretty happy
2: with yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think, think anything Weston less. does this year is a plus. I think we have enough scoring across the board right now where if Weston contributes six, seven points a game, that's a plus. You know, we don't need him to score 12 points a game his freshman year.
0: See, I thought you were going to get some type of contribution or at least a few minutes out of a guy like Steven's just to see what you might be able to get from him. So my concern is if a guy like Stevens, who had an underdeveloped college body, couldn't crack the lineup, now you start looking at the log jam at the three with Jared Roden back for his senior year, Brandon Weston's more of a three, not a two from what I'm reading. Powell's going to be down in that pecking order, and Willard has had the history of you're the end of the bench guy, and maybe your time is not for a couple of years down the road, but in today's day and age of college basketball, if you don't see the floor and you got a guy like Powell who's been tearing it up, over the summer from what I see and he's got almost an NBA ready body you know you don't get any minutes this year and you don't have to sit out with the new transfer rule goodbye possibly right you kind of have to balance those expectations when you're bringing gonna, these kids yeah. in he's going to
3: have to learn to be patient for sure he's going to have to realize you know it's going to take time and I and I hope the staff is being transparent with that um, but who knows a guy like that like I said he makes hustle plays he's athletic He, like you carve out time for yourself when you make the plays that he does you know so you know, who knows? You know, I think there's there's an opportunity for him there to to, to get some minutes that uh, I don't think we're maybe accounting for yet. Um, so we'll yeah,
2: see. I think we're in an era of such instant gratification too. Where I mean, you look back, look at John Shore. He played his freshman year, got benched his sophomore year, ended up being an all time. You know, do great. Like if you don't play your freshman year, you don't have to leave. Like it's okay. Like there's still going to be a role for you in your sophomore year. I just think kids have to be patient and really trust the process. But that's just my opinion on it.
1: Well, we've kind of already started to talk about it, but the changes in the transfer rules have really kind of modified the way coaches construct their rosters these days. I mean, obviously, the transfer portal has become an important method of getting players into the program, maybe even more than high school recruiting at this point. And in recent years, Coach Willard has had good success in luring players who are looking to jump for one reason or another come out, come over to South Orange, and this year is obviously no no difference. So, mm-hmm. But before we get into the specific transfers, do you think there's concern about PT all of a sudden from the incoming class, or is it more excitement about the potential of this team?
0: Uh, that's a, t- that's a sure. tough one. They, they might feel like they got recruited over, right? Kind of, you know, indirectly. I think at the I think, end of the
2: day, you want to win games at first, you know? You, I guess. So you're, so you're, you're, you're wondering is the
3: Brandon West is the world. Those guys, are they like, Oh, what's going on? Why are we taking in a guy like Adari, a guy like that? I think it's, I think it's one of those things where, uh, and it goes back to what I was saying about pal. It just depends on how you're talking to those prospects, right? Like what's your conversation with them and, and what their role is going to be. If you're transparent with them and like, Hey, you're not going to be a guy that may necessarily play that much, but we see a real plan for you as a four-year guy. Then okay, um, but there's no doubts, no doubt about it. Kadari Richmond and Alexis Yetna are getting time right away. You know what I mean? There's just that's just what it is. So, is so I hope.
0: So is, so is Jameer Harris though. I mean, let's that's what I'm Jameer right? and Jameer,
3: of course. You know, so th- those guys are getting time. So I just hope that it's a transparent conversation, which I'm sure they are, uh, with those kids coming in. Like, hey, we're gonna have to develop you a little bit.
0: The concern is the conversation was had before these transfers came in. So right. you're there going, "Hey, right. look at the the roster construction." this is kind of going to be your opportunity to take over from the get-go. Yeah. We're all in. And then all of a sudden you bring in these three guys are going to have major minute, you know, impact to the, the right. distribution of the roster. And does that now all of a sudden change the mindset? Does it create animosity, right? No, i a hundred percent. I think, yeah,
3: we'll, we'll, see how, you know, they, they decide to, to give out their minutes. I think, you know, Brandon West is going to find time, you know, he's just too talented not to be on the court. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the other two, but, uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's no no doubt about it. Those, those three transfers are going to get time. so we'll see.
1: So you guys already talked to the Harris brothers. Let's talk about the older one, Jameer Harris. He's coming in as a combo guard. Last year, he was all Patriot League, 20 and a half points mm-hmm. a game, 33% from three-point shooting. I mean, the stats just jump out at you. But, you know, in your interview with them, you asked Jameer what his role was going to be, and he said that, according to Coach Willard, it was going to be a big role, and Kevin envisioned him as a point guard. What are your thoughts on what Jameer told you he was going to be asked to do next year? I mean, I know this interview was before Kadari Richmond committed, but with Conway and Long already on the roster, is this really the direction the team's going to go?
3: I don't. I don't personally see Jameer as a point guard. I see him as a, a just a scoring guard, right? A guy, right? That can't, you know, he is he capable of playing on the ball? Yes. Do I think he's uh, came playing off the ball, yeah, you know. So maybe if there's a time and a period where, you know, uh is not on the on the court without the ball, or you know, whoever's running point, can Jamir take over and run point? Yeah, but do I see him as the primary point guard option? No, but that you know that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a a huge scoring option because because he definitely will with the the way he scores the ball. But I see him, you know, playing a little on ball, but I see him more of an off ball option, you know, scoring, scoring. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think with Kadari there, Jameer's role is gonna be get the ball in the cup. Simple as that. He's He'll got more of a body
0: type of Miles Powell. And I know we kind of put a lot of expectation <laughs> on Aiken last year to call him Miles Powell light, but you know, Harris can shoot it from deep. Is there more of a little Miles Powell light here per se? I would say so, yeah.
2: I just think too, like going back to the whole patience thing, it's going to take i i know he, he's an older guy but it's going to take time to adjust from the patriot league to the big east you know like we're gonna have to be patient he's not gonna come in and drop 30 points right away you know like everything builds up to conference play so i think we just gotta he, i think he's a great player but we gotta you know he's got to adjust to like the new speed of the game i think he's gonna be fine but like we just gotta be a little patient
0: mm-hmm. godari yeah. too There's a difference though, but But you had Q and you had Molson coming from lower D1. This guy played at Minnesota, so he played uh, high D1 basketball before. So maybe he isn't, you know, going to be shocked by the speed of the game per se. I'm not saying jump in and double those or match those Mm. numbers. I don't expect that. You take 12 a game and you're happy if he shoots the same 43 percent. I see Jameer being ready for that level of competition right away.
3: You know, he's, if you look back to his high school days, he's been playing at a high level forever, right? He's been playing at the Patrick school. He came to Minnesota. Um, so he's going to be ready for that level of competition. Um, but it goes back to our, our conversation as to where is he like, where is he in that roster? What, what type of roles is he playing? And, and talk, talking to the couple of conversations with the staff and kind of everyone surrounding the program, it was interesting, right? Cause it was like, Taking on Jameer, you would think it would be a no-brainer, but for whatever reason, uh, some people, not within the program, but other, I guess maybe the fan base or uh, other people in the Big East or whatever were a little bit hesitant for whatever reason. And I think it's a no-brainer for seeing Hall with Jameer Harris. I think Jameer Harris is, uh, like I said, he has that experience at a high level. And then, you know, if you look the way, at the way he plays, he plays very similar to what the scene hall style is, right? He can really fill it up. He's a tough kid. So I just think it's a no-brainer. It's a perfect fit, Jersey kid. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch him in blue and white. Well, I just, can't can't be, I can't talk. believe
1: that CJ's actually asking for patience out of the Seton Hall fan base. Are you kidding me? First game, he has a bad game, and then people are going to be saying, "Oh, he's a bust. Get him out of that's here." That's
2: I've been guilty of it plenty of times. We just have to be patient. You got to let a kid adjust to the new, you know, the new speed of the game. So that's just. That's my take I'm as guilty as anyone, but just give it a little bit, you know? Just give it a little bit. I think my I, conference play will be roaring. I really I just do. just like
0: it when a guy has, like, that Big East-type body. So, to me, yes. Harris has that Big East-type body. Speaking of a guy that has a Big East-type body, you already said it, Pat. You know, a guy like Alexis Yetna, he's going to get his minutes. USF transfer, redshirt junior, 6'8", a solid 234, power forward, Interesting background, hometown from Paris, France. But you know, he's had some early success in his career as well. Back in 1819 year, he was all AAC rookie of the year, 12 points, 9.5 boards, and surprisingly shot almost 37% from distance. In 2019-20, he gets injured. He plays a shortened year of 16 games last year, a little bit down. But if you go back and look at some of the highlights throughout this guy's career, there are some numbers that jump off the page. 17 double doubles so far in his career he had a 28 and 13 game against East Carolina, a 24 and 9 game at Temple. He had a career best 18 boards against, I know it's only Appalachian State, but he comes and backs it up with 17 boards against Georgetown. I mean, here's a guy who was heading into his sophomore season was on the Calm Malone Award watch list before he injured his knee and misses the entire season. So, clearly he's a bit of the under the radar type guy coming into this year after the injury and the and the down numbers, but he's shown his potential. And, you know, he's he's going to be 23 come October. So does he have the ability to push Tyrese Samuel for a starting spot next year?
2: I think this is total redemption for Shakur Sh- Justin. honestly. I think this is total redemption for Willard and the staff. This was a phenomenal get. You don't always know how scoring is going to translate, but you know how rebounding is going to translate. And honestly – you know, coming back, it was pretty – I know Ike's 7'2". He's a great shot blocker, but he's not a great rebounder. I mean, it's no secret. Jared was our best rebounder. This kind of alleviates some of the stress off Jared. He doesn't have to be total Superman now. You know, you can conserve some energy in the glass. But, let, you know, getting to get his eight rebounds a game. I think it will be interesting. You know, I am i don't think Willard's saying, hey, hey, Alexis, like, this is your job. You're going to have to compete with Tyrese for the fourth spot. But I think it will be by committee. I think it's open competition. And I think they're going to use Jared as yeah, right, so. a natural three. Jared's not a four.
0: How about they go small? You just kind of threw Ike into the mix there. I'll, I'll push it back to you. How about challenging Ike for some minutes at the five and you really go with a more you know athletic lineup? Yeah, I mean, it. you
2: saw that plenty with Sandra last year, a small ball five line. Like, you know, when you go against a Nova where you have one through five that, and their bench that could shoot the three, it's tough to have Ike in a man-to-man situation. So I think absolutely in certain situations, Alexis will be playing the five, Tyree's playing the four, so on and so forth. And you have the luxury Miles Kale coming back. Him and Jared could split the two and the three spot. You know, there's a lot of ways that you could go with like this roster. So it's a luxury for Kevin, absolutely.
0: All right. So so whether he pushes Tyrese for a starting role or just grabs solid backup minutes, that's another player now challenging for minutes in the mm-hmm. front court. So that brings me to a guy that we, you both were really high on last year when Seton Hall grabbed his services in terms of the transfer eligibility. Right? You had uh, Trey Jackson come over, and we were like, all right, we got Trey super athletic. I went back and watched his videos after he came and I was like, wow, this this guy's got some game. He can get to the rim. He plays above the rim. He can still shoot the three. I was really excited about Trey. And then all of a sudden they announced that all transfers are immediately eligible and Trey only cracks the lineup for 14 garbage minutes. You know, I mean, where does this leave Trey in the mix for opportunities in the front court next year?
3: Yeah, man, I was, I was pretty surprised at that as well. I don't, I, it's like, I, I will say this. It's a good problem to have if you're a CNL fan, man. Yeah. You have a lot of options. Like you, you really do have a lot of options. And it was looking for a period uh, of time before these new transfer came in. Like CJ, like whether he wants to admit it or not, was kind of dreaded next year, man. So like you know, there's a lot of options. I don't know what happens with Trey Jackson. I'm just as surprised as as uh, as, as as you guys were. I, I I think he's super talented or was super talented. I got to see what he's up to now, but. Yeah, man. I mean, like there's there's a lot of question marks for next year. And there's a lot of guys in similar spots, right? Similar positions. It's not like these guys are just like, you know, it, 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 you know, there's gonna be a lot of guys competing. So yeah, man, I I'm I'm dumbfounded as as to what the plan is for Trey Jackson, to be honest with you.
2: I think it's a luxury to have all these, you know, athletic fours like, you know, Trey Jackson is a breathtaking athlete, just because you know, when you run into a Villanova where everyone could shoot the three, it's tough to have Ike on the court, you know, 30 minutes a game. So I think this is a luxury and I hope all guys stay and compete for the, for, you know, their roles.
0: All right, so I want to stay on this topic and not to pick on Trey, but you know, here's an issue that I have. Trey was a top 100 recruit back in the 2019 class. A guy like Ikey was a borderline top 60 player back in the 2017 class when he was uh, picked up by Florida state. At what point in time, have you seen enough body of work at the college level that the player ceiling is no longer based on their high school ranking? You know, it's no longer relevant. I'm tired of kind of reading, you know, out there, oh, look at all the top 100 guys we could put in our starting five next year. I'm sorry, but Miles Kale and Ike Obiagu, I think you kind of know what you have already. Agree or disagree?
2: Yeah. Just throwing it out there, Dante Harris from Georgetown didn't even crack the top 350 the kid that absolutely lit it up. So I think it's tough to really look into the rankings, but Pat, that's your more, that's more your expertise.
3: Yeah. I mean, you got to take it with the grain of salt, you know, there's, there's guys, you know, that, uh, that it just depends on the fit and the program and and how they're going to translate. Right. Like, you know, there's, we've seen plenty of times with, with seeing all guys, you know, there's some, some guys that just like, you know, uh, the typical example is the Desi Rodriguez who couldn't even sniff a, a ranking or getting ranked. You know what I mean? And he was super valuable, right, as a four-year guy. So, yeah, man, who knows? Like, out of the t- uh, the, the the three coming in, like, Brandon Weston's obviously going to be the guy that Seen Hall fans all get behind and are all excited. But, you know, and I think it's most likely that he has the best career. But who knows, man? Maybe Tyler Powell, like, you know, has, has the best one. It just all depends on how they're going to transfer translate and develop, you know, like rankings to a certain point. There's only so, you know, there's, you have four guys covering a whole country to rank 100 guys you know what i mean it's going to be inaccurate right let's just let's just be honest well, maybe right? that's, so.
0: Um, so my apology maybe that's not where i was going everyone's excited when you don't know how it's going to translate i'll i'll mm-hmm. take the rankings and get right the top 100 guys in the world it's, yeah okay trey's two years removed from that so i don't care what he was ranked at this point anymore it's, right exactly. show me what right. you've already done in the college game at this point
3: no, I know. I agree. I agree. I, I yeah. I I I don't know what the plan is, and I think I understand why Seton Hall fans would be upset. You know, with 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 the lack of minutes they had. But yeah, man. No, I, at some point you just got to show production. Simple as that. Anytime That's the way
1: it is. Mikey can get some Miles Kale blasphemy out of his mouth and into the pot, it makes him happy. But moving <laughs> on to the final piece, the big surprise that actually I think has taken this Seton Hall team to the next level. <laughs> Is landing Syracuse transfer Kadari Richmond. I mean, he's a Brooklyn kid. His numbers were a little low for the excitement, but I think the potential is what people see here. I mean, he was a six point a game guy, three assists, almost three rebounds, but he had some big highlights. In only a second game against Niagara, he went for 16 points, seven boards, six assists four steals and three blocks. I mean, that's that's filling up a sheet no matter who you're playing against here. Mm-hmm. He had a personal best of 10 assists against UNC. and But the only thing that I think people are a little concerned about is his shooting. I mean, in 28 games, he only took 21 three-point shots. But with the way we put three-pointers up, It might be like a breath of fresh air here. (laughs) Kadari leaving Syracuse was really surprising. I mean, he was immediately a top 10 guy in terms of wanting to get him out of the portal. How did Coach Willard pull this one off?
3: You know, in in texting with Kadari and trying to get his reasoning and talking to people in his circle, uh, it just goes back to how important the 2014 class was, right? Because when Kadari was growing up, he saw the Isaiah Whiteheads, the Kadeem Carringtons, the kids that he watched growing up killing it at scene hall. Right. So, you know, they went back to like, Hey, they developed the New York art, and New York guards, um, into pros, you know? So, and that was something that really hit home for him and something where it was like, okay, I know they're capable of doing, uh, they're capable of bringing me to the place that I want to be as a player. Um, so yeah, I think that was that was a huge reason for him, is is seeing Hall's recent track record and developing guards.
0: I thought you were gonna say it because Isaiah was blowing them up on Twitter that you're gonna give the credit to Isaiah and not Willard. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that they also talked about Miles Powell too. Like they were really impressed with their track record and how they, they developed their guards. So I think uh you gotta tip your cap to, to Willard and, and and how he's been doing with his guards lately.
0: lately. All right. So I'm going to do a 180 I, before I'm sitting there picking on Trey and his ranking and what he's accomplished. But to me, here's a perfect example where I lean more back towards the player's potential off their high school ranks. You know, Kadari only got to start three games while Buddy Beheim was sidelined with COVID-19. He fills the box score in each of those games, but is relegated to a role off the bench behind Joseph Gerard when Buddy comes back. Right. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of competition in the backcourt for the Hall next year. But correct me if I'm wrong. Like Kadari Richmond committed to the Pirates because he was told he was going to have the opportunity to be the man at point guard.
2: Correct? Yeah, I think Kadari's the point guard going in. It's his job. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think he's going to. Have yeah. to you know, I I th- I think they they definitely
3: clearly were upset with the minutes that he got with Syracuse. Right. So you're not going to give him. You're not going to recruit him and say, hey, you're going to have a similar role here at Seton Hall. Right. You're going to give him something better. So uh I would assume, you know, he, he's he's at least in that conversation. I said
0: opportunity. I didn't say given, you know, given yeah, the starting role. I, I
3: said opportunity. I, think he's, I, I think see he's another, in that conversation.
1: I see another clip of CJ making a prediction coming back next year on the podcast. Pat always has to keep know. me in
2: check. I'll give my unsolicited scene hall opinion, then Pat will say. All right, let's slow it down there, bud. (laughs) It
3: happens way too
2: often. Uh, Way too often. I think what he was trying to say was. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: okay. I prefer you to that Rutgers guy you kept putting on the podcast the other day.
0: All right, so I'm going to let you open the door for opinions and get in trouble because there's a lot of uh, favorite guys in this next segment. We're going to call this next segment Stay or Go. So based on the fact that a returning senior is not going to count against the scholarship total for this year, and Seton Hall still has one more scholarship slot available, technically all three of the following players could have still been a part of the roster for next year, right? So Mm -hmm. if you were Kevin Willard, Stay or Go and Why for the following three guys, I'll throw it out there. You guys can volleyball it back and forth. First guy to call Molson.
2: I think he would have had to really, I don't think he would have been guaranteed the minutes he had
0: last year. You're you're Kevin Willie right now. You make the decision.
2: I think tack, you know, you come in, you play great defense. um, You get minutes. I don't know how many minutes you get. Maybe it's mutually beneficial to be part ways. I respect, like, you know, he's a Kevin Waller type of guy. He plays great defense. He's a junkyard dog, as Kevin would say. But yeah, I think he just committed to James Madison, which is great for him. You know, he'll be a rock star down there. So best of luck to him.
0: That's a, that's CJ saying go, but okay, next. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it was best.
2: Yeah, I think it was best for
3: both to 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 go, you know, yeah. go somewhere you can actually like be a priority. He's talented too. Like I think he's actually got talent and like can do something right. level. Like go uh yeah, like CJ said, go be a rock star somebody somewhere.
0: Okay, next up, stay or go, Shavar Reynolds. Man.
2: Um <laughs> I'm gonna start out nothing but respect to Shavar, his is phenomenal. But I think he deserves to, you know, go be a rock star somewhere. You know, he's going to go to Mammoth and he's going to be the guy. Look at how much he's progressed throughout the years. I, you know, I think every CN Hall fan just tips their cap to Shavar. Like, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all the hard work you've put in. You've been phenomenal. But, you know, you're going to be a rock star at Mammoth, And thank you for everything you've done. I, I think it's it was mutually beneficial for both. Because I don't know how many minutes Shavar would have, you know, gotten with, you know, Jameer, Tadari, Ryan Conway, you know, possibly Jahari Long. So I think it was, you know, mutually beneficial for both.
1: I think this comes down to a situation that Pat was talking about earlier with recruits. Both these guys had to be sat down and said, you're not going to get the minutes you got last year. Yeah. And they decided that minutes were more important than playing for a Big East program. I mean, that's their decision. God bless them. But you're going to James Madison and Monmouth over a Big East program. That, that's a big Mm, I don't know.
3: I think it came down to like, Hey, you know, the, the coaching staff or whoever, you know, spoke to them, like, you know, it came down to, Hey, like these, this is what it's going to be. We have these guys coming in and how like, this is, there's only so much minutes we can give out. Right. So it would have been cool to have those guys learn under Shabar and kind of get, you know, adjusted to the big East level. Right. Cause I think Shabar, like, you know, while he's not as talented as those people has the experience under his belt, that would have helped them. But yeah, I think it was best for both uh, to move on.
0: Well, that, that's my issue is a lot of people were taken back by the fact that here's a guy who played 30 plus minutes, was a big East level point guard and uh, it's debatable, but he was Seton Hall starting point guard on a team that finished fifth in the conference to be asked to take that kind of step back on the team is, is that fair to Trevar to even ask him to take that kind of step back? No, I, I don't. think so. it was, I, I don't think hold it
2: he... against him leaving at all. I don't hold anything against him for leaving. I think that's, I think it was just mutually beneficial for both. Thank you for everything you've done, Shavar. But go kill it at Mammoth right now, you know.
3: I also think, and I don't, I don't know if I, I feel like I saw this on Twitter. I feel like, like Shavar and Sean Hall. I feel like they still have a, a good respect for each other, and I think they yeah. are pretty happy for him to go somewhere and like, you know, play significant minutes and and and, and you know do his thing. So I think uh, I think it was a pretty, I think it was a mutual partnership, like partnership. Yeah. I think like. Uh, they're pretty happy for each other.
0: All right, Tommy. Last but not least, I'll even let you chime in on this one. All right, stay or go, Miles? Kill. I
2: think it's great. He comes back. Honestly, I know. I know the fan base is really mixed about it. I don't know exactly what his role is going to be because, but I think just come back for the locker room, like you know, him and Jared have the locker room now. I think. Um, I think it's great. It adds depth to the wing position, and he's a f- fantastic perimeter defender. He's a volume scorer. He could, you know, he'll score nine points, and you know, he has a tendency to disappear. But I mean, I think it's great coming back. Honestly,
3: it's a leadership thing, right? You know, I mean, like at some point, you still needed to have some guys that uh, that have built that, like you know, they're around that have helped build the culture, right? If you just bring new faces on, it's hard for them to identify what they are as a team because they're just. Bringing guys from all different directions. There's some guys there still, you know, Miles Cale, Chad Roden who have been there for three, four years and understand what and all is and what they're building. So I think it's important to have a guy like that in the locker room.
2: Absolutely.
1: There is no one more excited to have miles come back than me, but I'm wondering what his mentality is with this. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Miles having some sort of professional life after Seton Hall, you know, playing pro somewhere. Is this a case of a kid saying, I'm gonna get my masters, I'm gonna finish up, and maybe he's done with basketball after this, at least as a player.
2: I mean, you gotta look at him. He's six six, he's got a forty plus inch vertical, he's got a he's got an NBA frame in my opinion. If he goes for seventy points a game this year, who's to say he's not gonna go to the league? Who's not to say he's going not going to play the again? I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm holding that right 17. now.
0: Sound clip for next summer, right there CJ. I'm not saying he's going for 17. If he goes for 17
2: with that body though, I mean, come on. Uh, as a GM, how can you pass it up?
0: I, I, I like that Miles Kill stayed for all the reasons that you both mentioned. And here's kind of how I see it playing out. You know that you're going to get the defensive effort. I think he's going to come in off the bench and play that role. I don't think he's going to start at the two because Jared's got the three. And I still don't think, I think he played out of position. Another guy asked to play out of position, but on the occasional (laughs) night, miles can get hot. He's going to have a 30 point outburst against Georgetown. If he's having that kind of a night, sorry, young guys get out of the way. It's miles night. And if miles is going to have one of those nights where he's fading away, you're only getting eight minutes. I don't have to have 24 minutes of miles. Kale fading away. I will
2: say as a fan, it was very frustrating to see him settle for a three and D role in the college game with while being six, six and having a 40 inch vertical, just seeing him settle, you know, for corner threes. I think, I mean, hopefully we'll see it this year. I think he, he could be a great slasher. I mean, he's got an unbelievable body and unbelievable, like unbelievable leaping ability. Like he should, I hope he works on this summer. We're going to (laughs) run
0: him off the weave. We're going to run him right (laughs) off that weave, right to the basket off the weave with that slasher. (laughs)
1: All right. We're not even in the 21-22 season, but we've landed a guy for the 22 class already. We mentioned Jameer Harris's younger brother, Jaquan, who's a local yep. top 150-ranked uh, point guard. He had scholarship offers from places like Rutgers, Auburn, UConn, etc. Mike likes reading off the list. I'm not going to continue with it does recruiting the Harris brothers now improve the perception that it's okay to stay in the state of New Jersey to play some basketball.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think for sure. Like, and to kind of go off of how important of a get that was, you know, for 2022, everybody's been talking about how amazing New Jersey is. Right. You know, you just have Mark Armstrong commit to Villanova. Um, and there's, there's a ton of other guys. So to get one of those guys, one of those premier guys, New Jersey guys uh, to commit to scene hall is huge. I think, she, right. I think Jaquan's very, very talented and yeah, I think it goes, you know, you just need to keep getting in-state guys uh, to to commit to seeing hall because you know, whether, whether you like it or not, New Jersey is one of the more talented States when it comes to basketball. Right. And keeping talent home uh, for scene hall, just shows those younger guys like we can compare it to Kadari Richmond and into and and why he thought scene Hall was a good fit he saw a New York guy do it at scene Hall it's the same thing for New Jersey if Jaquan Harris kills it at scene Hall a younger kid uh that's, that's growing up is going to see that and say hey I can do it at scene Hall so
2: it's it, it's massive Keep Jersey in Jersey
1: okay so you were mentioning that New Jersey's got all these great talents coming up Who's next on the Pirates' radar for that twenty-two class?
2: Will Richardson, Bergen Catholic, absolute stud. We've had watched him plenty of times. He's a great player. He really is. We're gonna go watch him after this. He's he's phenomenal. And I think he's going a little under the radar because of his hype. But he he's a great. He's going to be a great combo guard at the next level.
3: Yeah, I'm interested where they where they go next. You know, I think they they cast a wide net. Obviously, Hall does. Uh, for, uh, the recruiting, uh, the recruiting stuff. I think they, they hone in on guys eventually and see like, okay, like, okay, Brandon Weston's one that we, we can definitely identify and, and, and get cool. Um, you know, Tony, Tony skins got his guys in DMV, like a Tyrell ward. Um, I think Fa- fate, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Fabu air, um, is one they na- named, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a decent amount of guys, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested where they go next. I know Will was definitely someone they're identifying, but we'll see. Maybe Jaquan committing takes that away. We'll see.
0: I'm not concerned, but you even go back to Brandon Weston, it kind of came out of left field. Normally, you know, we're on the radar for a guy as a high level target. And all of a sudden, boom, Weston committed and you were like, where'd that come from? Right? At, right at such a high level, normally we're coming into this interview with you guys, and I got a list of five guys that I'm like, All right, these are the high level targets that you know, Seton Hall's name has been tossed around with in the 22 class. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing those names though, as much. No, I think you know, there's there's
3: it, it's 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 so interesting to you see know, all because they just offer so many guys, uh, early on, you know. So who knows, maybe a guy like you know, down the line, the guy from OSL, uh, Jaquan, Jaquan Sanders that we're not talking about right now could end up being a scene hall guy, you know what I mean? It's just the way they operate. It's it's, it's not necessarily the guys that you think of, um, that, that'll, that'll for sure commit. Like, let's be honest. Do we think that Jaquan's Jaquan Harris was going to commit this early to scene hall? No, like, you know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting. I think, uh, I think there's some guys down the line that that'll be interested. I, if I'm a scene hall fan, um, I would, I would love to see the pair of, uh, of a, a Will Richardson and Jaquan, uh, Jaquan Harris. So I think that would be really cool. Phenomenal. Keep, keep Phenomenal.
0: All right, let, let's do this to wrap up. So a, a couple of weeks ago, many Seton Hall fans felt like the cupboard was kind of bare, right? You, you got Sandro leaving. You really, the only guy with any significant scoring punch coming back was Jared Roden. A lot of question marks up and down the roster as to who's going to step up. Guys didn't develop as quickly as we thought. And we didn't have these three guys coming in to complete the recruiting class uh, through the transfer portal. Now everyone's like, wow, look at where we are. Two weeks later, the sky's the limit. Things are looking up. I'm even seeing people predict that we can finish second in the conference or challenge for second in the conference. I'll throw it to you guys. Based on the haul of the three guys that were committing as freshmen and the three guys in the transfer portal, and obviously throw in Miles Kale as the cherry on top, where do you feel – the ceiling now is for Seton Hall based on this collection of talent.
2: I think it's Nova's. Nova's the, you know, obviously it's going to be Nova at one. I think Creighton took a hit. I think Bishop left. Uh, Zigarowski didn't leave yet. Damian Jefferson left also. I think Zigarowski might be. Yeah.
0: Zygurowski yeah, I don't know. Nova, it's up in the air.
2: We'll see. I think, I mean, who's to say we can't finish second or third? You know, who's to say? They're, they're yeah, just I a think of I, right now. Yeah,
3: I think I was thinking of the second or third slot too. I think it's just, it's really hard. Like other schools, like, a, like a, a, a Nova and, and, and maybe some other schools in the big East I'm forgetting. Uh, I think you have a much better idea of like what they have seen hall. There's just so many new names. There's so it's just going to be interesting to see how talented these guys are. I, my prediction, you can, you can play this clip. The next time we we do this, I'm going to say, I'm going to say third, I'm going to say third in the big East
0: behind who? I mean, that could be anybody though. You have the backcourt for Butler that's up and coming. You have yeah. Paul Scruggs who said he's going to come back. So you now you got Fremantle and and Suggs. So I mean, right right there alone, mm-hmm. you got to give them a leg up. You love St. John's. You keep on you know pumping those three guys at St. John's. You have teams that have known right. entities versus a lot of unknowns with Seton Hall. So I, I'm not trying to say we can't get to a upper half upper third of the conference but i still think the fans eat the pump the right. brakes. we had the cupboards bare, possibly bottom third and people trying to push kevin willard out the door and with a couple of guys that are in the transfer portal we're back to you know second weekend expectations of the tournament no That's i I,
2: there. I think it goes back to what i said earlier just pump the brakes and all this like we have to see how this plays out you know it's like an au team none of these guys have played together yet like it's going to take a little time to mesh so so
3: what are you saying? Where what 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 spot in the Big East are you saying?
2: He's still saying second. Were, Look
1: at him. He wa- you know he wants to say second. DJ, say it. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you think?
2: I'm gonna say just because UConn is another good class coming in, they're gonna finish second. I think the Big East is gonna be weak next year again, honestly. I don't think it's gonna be great. I don't think Creighton, I think Creighton's gonna take a hit. Who knows what Shaka's got up his sleeve? Maybe he'll pull in But um, I mean Dawson Garcia is a stud. DJ Carden's a stud. I think I would say I'm gonna say four. There's going to be some growing pains. It, it, it's it's an your team. None of these guys have played together, Kat. Like, it's going to take a little time.
1: I, I think at this point, everybody would take four. But anyway, guys, yeah. Pat, CJ, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. I know of course. Guys, thanks for having us. You guys are busy. You're always making moves. We appreciate it. <laughs> and the minute thank John Rothstein makes a you. CJ Nobile t-shirt, I am buying it right away, man. <laughs>
0: appreciate that you, know, you don't want to ask them who they got next they're gonna have the truck roasting next on the? i don't uh, want to be schedule. jealous they're always the pulling riser? somebody uh-huh. i can't
3: We got get. uh we actually got Yetna. we're gonna do an ig live i think with alexis Yetna tomorrow so that that'll be fun um so yeah we, got, yeah we got we
2: got a couple things planned we got some in-person stuff planned you know barring COVID passing in the near future so we'll see what happens
1: excellent that that sounds fantastic
2: thank you thanks for having us
0: guys front office everybody thanks for joining us for another episode of left coast pirates be sure to follow us on soundcloud apple Podcasts, spotify or any other of your favorite listening platforms also be sure to follow us on twitter with our handle at l coast pirates we are also proud members of the what you expect network of podcasts and don't miss out on any of our previous episodes that include Interviews with Seton Hall legends, Danny Calandrillo, Mark Bryant, Andrew Gaze, Shaheen Holloway, and many others. For Tom Kaharski, I'm Mike Desiree, and you've been listening to Left Coast Pirates.